It's time to raise the roof for our latest off-season podcast. Welcome back, everyone. It's been like two and a half weeks since we've done this because, uh, again, with no baseball going on, it kind of is a little bit tough for us to be able to actually record stuff. But uh, here we are. If you if you even care about the Winter Olympics, happy Winter Olympics starting. Uh, it's going on right now. I'm watching some sort of I think it's half pipe uh, snowboarding. So I don't know if I want to actually like, update what's going on, but who cares? We might at some point. We have a lot to talk about. Um, we do have a very special guest on this episode who I'll introduce in just a second. We have lockout stuff, I'm trying to think of any other important things. Just to mention it, if you guys didn't see what happened, which I'm sure that you definitely did, uh, the split city plan that the Rays had um, put out uh, where the team was to split time in both uh, Tampa Bay uh, and, and Montreal was nixed uh, by Major League Baseball in December. And then uh, owner Sue Sternberg announced it in uh a couple weeks ago. So to let you guys know about that, that, that did happen. Um, and we're going to talk about a bunch of other things, but uh, without further ado, I do want to introduce our special guest. If you guys don't know her, then you clearly don't watch any sort of uh, raised baseball on Valley sports sun. Cause she's literally on there all the time. Uh, she is the oh, Trisha. Is it, uh, do you want to say on field reporter sideline report? I, I guess it's not sideline cause it's baseball, but that's always uh, how a would, question. But like the thing is, if you call it like an in-game report, people are like, what the hell is that? So you just <laughs> sideline reporter and they know what a sideline reporter is. So or you can say dugout reporter, but also people are like, OK, what what like sideline reporter? It's fine. <laughs> so um, uh, if you guys don't know, uh, Trisha Whitaker um, is the person um, who just talked and the person I'm talking about. Uh, and she's been uh, well, how long have you been um, with used to be sun sports fox sports now it's valley sports sun how long have you been uh there and how long have you worked um uh in game with the race this is going to be my fourth season so my first season was 2019 when um they clinched in toronto and then they won the wild card and lost in the alds to the astros and then the last few years um obviously they've been you know successful but it's been in the midst of COVID. So 2019 was really the only normal season I had. So I hope this season is normal. <laughs> it's been a hell of a three years, though, covering the years. <laughs> from normal year teams. to COVID, COVID shortened to well, coming back from COVID to lockout. Well, just in terms of good teams, though. I like, know. Really good teams, teams for sure. Like, Maybe it's been the good sure. luck charm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that theory. We'll go with that. <laughs> Keep That's resigning true. me, guys. I'll just, you know, <laughs> bring them in. <laughs> well, first off, Trisha, welcome to the pod. Thanks so much for coming on. I know this has been something that we've been trying to organize for a little bit now, but um, with the with there being no baseball going on in the lockout, uh, how's everything going uh, on your side? Very boring. I am bored out of my mind. Um, I have absolutely nothing to do because normally, like, you clear your schedule right now. We have Fan Fest. Literally, Fan Fest would usually have been this past weekend at the Trop, right? Which is where all the fans come and the players are there and we have a great time. But that's not happening. And now it's like, I don't know what to do. So I'm doing nothing. I'm hanging out with my parents a lot. Um, I am, you know, watching a lot of Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> it's just so boring. So I'm just hoping and praying that it doesn't get delayed too much. Hopefully. Quick, quick aside on that, because you did mention Ted Lasso and uh, <laughs> I watched I watched both seasons. I got I think I stole my friend's Apple. So shout out, Noah. Um, I stole my friend's Apple ID or Apple TV stuff to get it and watch it. Um, Evan and Bree, do you guys watch Ted Lasso at all? Uh, you guys watched um, it? 
I'm on Ozark right now, season four. Mm. Sorry. I feel super out of the loop, but I don't know. I oh, you guys need to watch it. It's such a good. It's such a good show. So good. Good. I'm a big fan of it. I'm guessing Trisha. I, w- I would assume that that's the same thing for you. Oh yeah, so. I'm a big fan of it. I really like the first season. Right now, I'm in the midst of the second season. It's not okay. quite exciting, but like, it's still got my like attention i was also watching manifest have you guys seen manifest yes oh, i have seen not. that one man that's good that's uh that'll get you thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will say the uh uh because i've watched the entire second season it's a little bit more there's a little bit more like deep cuts at some points and a little bit it, it can be a little bit more uh trying to think of the right word for it like hard hitting at times yeah yeah for sure so, yeah but um yeah, so aside from that, uh, we already talked a little bit about just like nothing going on with the lockout happening. But since it's it's still ongoing, uh, I believe I saw reports today that um, uh, Commissioner Manfred is going to address uh, people. I believe it's tomorrow about the fact that spring training is going to be delayed. The talks are ongoing. I don't even know if they're progressing. Who knows what's going on? Uh, Trisha, I wanted to kind of get your... Oh, they're not. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, Trisha, I wanted to get your thoughts about just how everything has gone on with the lockout so far. Yeah, I think from everybody's standpoint, it's been frustrating. I think everybody um, on every side of the spectrum wanted the lockout to not impede on spring training, especially after what happened in 2020. I mean, uh, um, if anything, 2020 showed us how much we need baseball. (laughs) And um, I think the best word for it is frustrating. Um, And obviously it's the, the, the truth matter is that the biggest losers here are the fans right and that's what I wish that everybody would keep in mind and I just I I hope that this gets sped up and I hope that I hope that it doesn't affect the regular season obviously it's going to affect spring training um but it affects the regular season I think you're going to have a lot of disappointed people and it's going to it's going to negatively affect a lot a lot of people's lives and livelihood I mean jobs rely on that economies rely on that and that to me it's frustrating, but you know, the players are passionate about what they're asking for. And there's a lot that they, there's a lot of points they're making that, you know, I agree with, um, but I just want them to get it done. I want the owners and the players to get it done. And that's just the bottom line. Yeah. And it's pretty disappointing from just a fan standpoint when, you know, this is, we have Fernando Tatis, Wander Franco, Juan Soto, all these guys that are like in like their amazing years. And, you know, every single time we get more time robbed of these guys, it's like, oh, come on. Because, you know, we already missed out on a couple of them with 2020. So it's that that part's incredibly annoying for sure. I will I will say because or I will ask um, uh, you, Tricia, uh, even though there hasn't been any major league baseball related stuff going on for the past couple months, uh, have you been watching any of the like Dominican winter ball leagues or any of the winter ball leagues or any, or I know that the Caribbean series is, is going on. Have you been watching any of that um, to kind of, uh, I guess, make up for lost time when it comes to major league baseball, not, not really being a thing right now. Get your baseball fix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I actually haven't. You know what I have been doing though on MLB network, they do a lot of replays of like the 2003 world series or something like that. So sometimes I'll turn that on just to make myself feel better. But no, I haven't watched any of that. Um, I probably should. But it, it is just so weird, too, because right now you would normally I would normally be prepping for like our spring training shows and everything. So, you know what? I, I, you're, I just need to start watching a bunch of rewinds from last season to make me feel better. 
So with uh, with the schedule skewed right now, what are you doing to prepare for the season? Like, or like, what have you done to prepare in, let, let's say, I mean, if this happened tomorrow, it would be awesome. But let's say that like the CBA gets fixed within the next week or so. Um, have you still been doing prep or have been getting uh, stuff ready and preparations done for the year? Yeah, you know what? I uh, put together a, a long document of pitch ideas for this season and new shows that we can do and all sorts of stuff. One of them is coffee in the dugout. <laughs> so yes. I want to have coffee in the dugout with a different player or a different coach or a different member of the front office every week. I want to start a segment like that. The other one is golfing with Shane McClanahan and Brett Phillips. Um, yes. They both like to golf. That would be such a good I know, that wouldn't it be so, so fun? That would, be, that, that, would, that would be so entertaining. <laughs> I'm them to do it, but I'm going to try. And maybe this is my first pitch to them. Shane and Brett, please golf with me for a show. You will have fun. Uh, Ozzy Timmons did it and he had a blast. So that's what I'm doing right now. Just thinking of different ideas because normally, again, right now I would be interviewing the players on StreamYard or Zoom, maybe before they get there or whatever. And I can't do that right now. So what sucks is, you know, guys like... Um, our, excuse me, just choked on air. Have you ever done that on live television? It's the absolute worst. You know, I can't get to know like Corey Kluber or, or Brooks or any, like, and those are guys I really want to be able to, to get to know. And that's the thing about spring training is you get to know those guys in a much more relaxed setting, right? And that's what worries me about it being shortened is that it's going to affect I don't know that just the chemistry of the whole shebang. Um, and that's what sucks. I, I miss everybody. Spring training is so much fun because you just, it's just fun. You're just, you're just hanging out, you're talking, you're getting to know each other and I miss it. So I hope it's not going to be too affected. Yeah, Was it sure. your idea to do the Korean food with joy? <laughs> I would love to claim that idea, but I gotta, I gotta credit my fearless producer for that. He calls me and he goes, do you want to eat Korean food with G man joy? And I was like, Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> Sign me up. Let's let's do it. And I was, was like, awesome. what if we? What if we just had him choose like a menu from his favorite Korean restaurant in town, you know? And we'll just order it. So they delivered all this food to the trap, and we set it up in like a buffet style, so that he could, you know, just show. And what I really wanted to do, I really wanted to do a cooking show with him, where he showed me, you know, how he cooked all of his favorite Korean dishes, yeah. but because of COVID. Uh, we weren't allowed to do that at the time maybe this season he'll do it but it was soon. soon yeah because he's always cooking on his instagram story so. yep he is he is and honestly like i like i don't know i felt like i learned a lot about his culture and, everything. and i love that i love learning about the players cultures because yeah. you know they're here and, and they don't always have people necessarily to share that with or talk to about that stuff and so i don't know i love it it was so fun <laughs> That was definitely a very enjoyable segment. Uh, so along with, uh, so I know that you're um, unable to talk to the guys in the major league roster. Does that also trickle down to the minor league guys? So um, if I wanted to do a show on the minor league players, unless I am totally incorrect on this, I don't think I am, but <laughs> I could do a show on the minor league players, which we have some intriguing guys, you know, so that might be what we end up doing in a couple of weeks if this thing doesn't progress. I'm going to be down in Port Charlotte, you know, um, which is fine. I love those guys. A lot of them were, you know, with us for a short time last year and that would be really fun. But yes, I, I am allowed, allowed to talk to them. I believe, <laughs> I believe, unless I have okay. not read the right. 
Okay, so then it's just this. So then it's just the guys in the major league roster that are untouchable. Yeah, Forty as of right man now. roster. Yeah. Forty men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cannot do shows on them right now. So. Yeah, that sucks. I if you do end up doing minor leaguers, I highly recommend Cole Cox and Nick Schnell. They are hilarious together. Their podcast. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Okay, so we you might be talking to them this week. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. Nick. Fun fact. Nick is from Indianapolis and I am from here and I'm in Indiana right now. And when I was working in Indianapolis, I did a whole story and a huge interview with him about him being named the Gatorade player of the year in Indiana. And then that year he gets drafted by the Rays. And then a few months later, I got hired by the Rays. And we were like, what in the world are the (laughs) odds of that happening? So when Nick makes it to the big leagues, I'm going to be like so ecstatic just because it's just a crazy full circle story. So I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) He's so funny. Love those two. I'm going to have to watch that podcast. I haven't seen that. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. They're really good. They have them and their friend that like produces on there. Very funny. It's a bunch of minor league stories. They have other minor leaguers on that they've been like friends with in college or what. It's really good. I gotta get on that. And they're really funny on social media. I think um because Cole went to Georgia in and around the time that Georgia was in the natty. I think he went to what was it? He went to Zaxby's or something like that. And then Zaxby's responded to a a tweet that he had of him eating Zaxby's out of like a pickup truck or something. No, there was like something like that. There there was a commercial during the national championship this year in like Georgia. I don't know if they were like losing. I I blocked that game from my memory as a Florida fan, but He was watching the game and this Zaxby's commercial came on of this guy riding a buffalo wing to some song. I don't know. And Cole Bocox said that that really motivated the team. And then he started tweeting at Zaxby's and doing a little commercial thing of his own creation. <laughs> He's a character. I love it. Is, I love it. That is incredible. Uh, so I wanted to ask, um, since you have had the opportunity to interview and talk to a lot of guys with the Rays over the past uh, three years, um, who would you say have been some of your favorite players to talk to or just favorite quotes that you or like quotes that you've gotten from different guys and that kind of stuff? Like which players, I guess, for you stand out as players that you can go to where you know that you're going to get a good quote from them anytime that they're um, talk, talking to you? Not just a good quote, but honesty, right? You can never expect a guy to like, you know, I'm willing to sometimes can, but most of the time you can't expect a guy to like, say something and that's not my role that's not my job right to get them to say something like horribly uh you know controversial that would never be what I'm trying to do um as the Rays reporter but if I'm gonna like if I'm like hey I I need a good interview today and um I'm needed on this topic and somebody who's educated and who's good at talking on camera it would either be there's three of them Tyler Glass now Brett Phillips or Kevin Kiermeyer. and when Willie Adamas was here he also was one. And when Tommy Pham was here, he was also a good one because Tommy's going to tell you what he thinks. Yes. Um, and uh, Willie, Willie was, was great too. Um, but right now, those would be the top three that, that I would go to to get that interview and get that quote because Tyler, as we know, he doesn't sugarcoat and I freaking love it. He's also hilarious. He's really insightful. And he's a lot more than just baseball. Like you can talk to him about anything and be entertained. Brett Phillips. I mean, I don't really have to explain him. He's just entertaining. He was made for this. Um, and then Kevin Kiermaier. I remember when the whole card incident happened with the Blue Jays, when he picked up the card at home plate or whatever. 
the next day I was like, oh man, I, I'm, I think he's probably just going to be like, oh, like, you know, I, I, I don't know what they're talking about, but the man, like, I loved it so much. He goes, yeah, I saw the card and I picked it up. What am I going to do? Give it back? And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Kevin. Is. he owned he he didn't beat around the bush he wasn't like yeah. he wasn't like no i didn't mean to pick he was like yeah i picked up the card like of course i did i wasn't doing anything bad he was like i just picked it up and i loved it so those are my those are my top three present and then my two pets those are good picks I, and that's funny because that does correlate i think with a lot of like raised fans you know the popularity mm-hmm. of certain players so yeah yep Wander also, I haven't, I mean, he's only been there for about, what, July, August, September, so like four months or whatever. And obviously there's a, there's a language barrier, but Wander gives you some zingers sometimes in interviews. Like, um, gosh, what did he say that one time? He basically, like they beat the Red Sox. I think it was, remember when they beat the Red, they swept the Red Sox at home this past season. And I think it was an interview with him and he said something like, he said something like, as long as I'm here, we're always going to be the beast of the East. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, um, and it was, it was awesome. So he, he's getting there. He's getting more comfortable with interviews and the camera and, and giving us those, those things that could turn into t-shirts. I like to say the sound oh, yeah. effects turn into t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be fun over the years for sure. Yeah. Will. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm trying to, so with what well, I, I want to kind of go through, I guess, the three years so far that you've been um, uh, working uh, with, I don't even, I, I guess, it, uh, I guess I'll just call it Bally Sports Sun now because it's been called like 15 different names and it's really annoying in that. Two. Anyway. It's been two, Alex. Whatever. It's too much for me. But uh, in the three years that you've been working for them and, and, and covering the race, those three, like, how would you kind of describe those three years? Because 2019 really was the only, like, normal year of the three, because then you had a 60-game season to cover, and then uh, a normal season, quote-unquote, with a bunch of COVID restrictions, and the COVID restrictions were, 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 were lifted and all that. But um, through those three years, kind of how would you describe it from your perspective along the ride? 2019 was awesome because we hadn't been there, you know, like none of us really had been there, like broadcasters, players, they hadn't been there. There were a few of them who had been in the postseason, but not very many. Um, Like Matt Duffy had been there before, Charlie Morton, obviously, but like very few of them had been there. So it was just like exciting. It was new. And it was just, they were so that celebration in the Toronto clubhouse when they clinched lasted for like two hours. I remember the clubbies were like, we've never seen a celebration last this long. I was like, welcome to the team. Like they're freaking awesome. Um, And I, I, I made the walk of shame from the clubhouse to the hotel we were staying at after the celebration, because they're so close together that we don't have a bus that drives us. So we just walk. Well, I didn't bring a change of clothes to the stadium. So I was walking through the streets of Toronto with like crispy champagne hair and soaked in beer. I mean, I had, I looked like a total disaster. I have never gotten this. I, I mean, those are the strangest looks I've ever gotten in my life, but that was just such a fun season because they were all just wide eyed and it was just such a great group of guys. Um, 2020, obviously world series that run was amazing it was harder for us to experience um and the fans because you couldn't be there we couldn't take you there and the players 
couldn't really, I mean, a lot of them, that was hard. I mean, living like that is very hard, but their success like definitely fueled some happiness, you know, when we really needed it in 2020. So that was amazing. I'll never forget, you know, Brett Phillips game four, obviously nobody will forget game six either. And um, I'll never forget the Brasso game against the Yankees or Rosa Reina against the Astros. Like that was just, some of those memories were just priceless. Um, 2021, the regular season, you know, what's funny is like the other day I looked back on the record and I was like, damn, like, I don't think I realized how little they lost in the regular season. I hardly ever had to ask losing questions. Um, but then obviously in the ALDS, that was pretty massive disappointment. And looking ahead to this season, that's my biggest kind of curiosity. How are they going to respond to that? How is Shane McClanahan going to respond to being so upset, even though he was amazing all season long, he has nothing to hang his head about, but he was obviously really upset after that performance. He was put in a really tough spot. So that's hard. How's he going to respond to that? Shane Boz, a full season. God, I can't wait for that. Wander Franco, his first full season. Can't wait for that, right? Um, I, I, there's just a lot of things to be excited about this upcoming year. And I honestly think that it ending the way it did last year is going to like really fuel them this year. I'm excited for that. I'm so, so excited for Shane McClanahan. Like when I saw that clip of him throwing that chair, I was like, oh baby, we are in for a good 2022. Yeah, that'll be so exciting. Did you see, actually, I don't think our photographer tweeted it out and I regret to this day not taking this picture, but there's a picture in the dugout and I tweeted it after the game. Shane McClanahan was the last person to leave that dugout. When they I saw that with game. Colin McHugh. It was Colin McHugh, a 10-year, 11-year veteran who stood next to him the entire time. Everybody else left the dugout. The Red Sox were celebrating, advancing to the CS, and Shane refused to leave the dugout, and he watched them celebrate. And to me, that was, like, really purposeful, right? Mm -hmm. He was like, I'm watching. I'm watching. And to me, that's him being like, and I don't know, I haven't talked to him about this, but I can't wait to interview him in the spring. To me, that's him being like, this moment right here, I'm using it as fuel. And you could see Colin McHugh talking to him, talking in his ear. He had his arm around him and he gave him this big hug. And our team photographer has the best picture of Colin McHugh just embracing Shane McClanahan, you know, a veteran and a rookie. And I want to ask Colin and Shane so bad, what was that conversation? I want to know what he was saying to you. Because that moment to me, I felt like I was watching like, you know, the beginning of like, a rampage for this young pitcher exactly. for next season you know yeah so. and I really appreciate McHugh for doing that too especially like he's a free agent now like he didn't have to be the one but he was and I think that's really special yeah very much so very much so so uh, I mean, I, I mean, uh, speaking about covering losers I see that you covered the Bucks when you worked in uh, Wisconsin you covered the Bucks and before uh, the current Bucks in, 20, in 2014 <laughs> And I looked them up. I was like, I don't remember them being good at all. And they were actually dead last in the NBA. And really I wanted, I, I wait, 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 wait. How bad were they? The, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, no. But uh, they, uh, were I, I know. 15, they were 15 and 67. They were the worst team in the league by four games. Yep. And I'm always curious how reporters and journalists, uh, obviously I'm near Baltimore. I go to University of Maryland. I'm always curious on how those beat writers get the fans to care at all about the Orioles because they're so bad. In your experience, how did you like get the fans to care about the Milwaukee Bucks when they were so bad? So 
I didn't really cover the Bucks that much when I was in Green Bay. I did cover their last game of the season that year. And I remember interviewing JJ Redick and he was like really honest about like the season and it was awesome like he was really he didn't sugarcoat it was amazing but otherwise I really didn't cover them that much but I have covered losing teams before when I was mm-hmm. in college I covered Indiana football and they went one and eleven one and eleven it was the worst <laughs> oh god ever Who'd they beat who they beat it was some, it wasn't it wasn't a big 10 a team it was like some like western Kentucky or eastern Kentucky or something like that it's horrible. I don't, I don't know how. So one of my friends, she used to be a sideline reporter for the Orioles. And I remember asking her, what in the world do you talk about your team? Yeah. <laughs> but it's so, so atrociously bad. What do you talk about? And she's like, well, the thing is, she's like, a lot of times they've got all these young guys coming up. So we have a lot of debuts. I'm like, yeah, well, everybody loves a good debut story, you know? And just because that the Orioles are bad doesn't mean that, like, you know, when a pitcher gets called up, he might have a good game, right? And that's a good story. They do a lot of fluff, just a lot of fluff, you know? What, you know, I'm sure she would do the whole, like, when we were in Seattle, I, I ate a, a fried grasshopper on live television during the broadcast. And, you know, if I were covering the Orioles, I would do more of that stuff, you know? I'd be like, hey, look at this stadium. Isn't it cool? Let's go show you all the view. <laughs> Forget about the fact that our team is last in the division and we are already out of the playoffs and it's May. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. so you just got to find like random fun stuff. And what else are you supposed to do? You can't talk about them losing every day. You got to make it fun. So that's, that's, that's what I would do. But thank the Lord in heaven <laughs> that I have had three seasons of amazing baseball. Not <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I know. Well, Evan, um, I told you that I covered Maryland wrestling, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, they've won one Big Ten duel since Moog joining the Big Ten. No, 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 no. It's been like nine years. What was that? They oh, my got, God. They, nine they, years? They, yeah, nine years. They, so, I mean, if you don't know What's Big Ten, I mean, Trisha, you, uh, as, as a Big Ten alum, you, you probably know Big Ten wrestling and know how good it is. Um, That's a they, new level of bad, though. So, they, they got – so close the one time and they were, they were, they were wrestling Indiana actually. It came down to the heavyweight uh, bout in the duel and they lost by a point or something like that. That was the closest that they got in the two years that I covered them to winning a big 10 duel. That was the closest. They, you co- how, how long did you cover them for? Two years. It was terrible. I mean, I mean, I'm like, I loved covering it, but just like, I felt so bad for everyone involved. That was the same thing as like Trisha, what, what, what you were talking about, about Indiana football going one and 11, same vibe. Just, Oh, it's so bad everybody hates you when you're a reporter in that situation always you are the enemy it's so it's so tough to figure out how to say oh they lost in a different way yeah you're just there bad news over and over again i could never do that i would feel so bad if i like even watching player interviews when they're upset i'm like oh this is terrible if i were asking those questions i would feel so bad like so remember i mentioned tommy fam a second ago oh yeah do you guys remember in 2019 when he said he was going to murder the opposing pitcher on live television? Wait, you remember that? wait he said uh, that? I don't remember this. Oh, my God. Who? He was an interview with me. It was a walk-off. He, he walked is... off in the 10th inning. I'll send it to you. And he walked it off in the 10th inning. And it was when, do you remember? Like, not Against the O's? Because uh, I think it was. I was think it, it on? Was it on, like, Memorial Day or Labor Day? It might have been. 
I don't I know. I kind of remember that. I kind this of remember that now. September, I think. Do you remember? Not Maybe that you should remember. remember this because this is like I'm not trying to sound like self-involved or whatever, but like remember when G Man Choi poured the big Gatorade thing on me? And I was totally soaked on live television and it was just like this whole thing. And then they put the Titanic theme song to it and it exploded and it was on Sports Center and all this stuff. But so it was that interview. And he, I said, Tommy, take me through your approach in that situation in the 10 inning. I don't even remember what the situation was. He looked at me and then he looked at the camera and he goes, the first pitch, he threw it at my head and I wanted to kill him. I'm glad we won. I was like, oh my God, holy crap. Did you just say that you would have murdered the opposing pitcher had we not won the game? (laughs) (laughs) That's on the level of the, uh, what was it? Nick Castellanos earlier this year when he had the fan talk for him. Oh my God. That was so funny. That's like (laughs) on that same level of absurdity. That was so That's just just the Tommy fan one scarier. I love that. And baseball needs more of that. They need, not everything Tommy fam did, they need more of, I wouldn't say. But but that type of like, that type of personality and just like, I'm going to tell you what I think. Right? Like, say it, dude. Like, don't give me the, don't give me that basic nonsense. I don't want to hear that. Tell me what you felt in the moment. And I remember another time Tommy, he got picked off at first against the Red Sox and they lost the game. Do you guys remember that? Yes, I remember that one. He, he got picked off a lot. He yeah, was... that's true. But this <laughs> one was to lose the game, right? So he got picked off to lose the game. And I went to the clubhouse and I'm like, oh, dear Lord Jesus in heaven, this interview to not go terribly. I hope he doesn't want to kill me. And Tommy and I had a good relationship. So like, it wasn't like he would never do anything to me, but like, you know, when an athlete is, is really upset, you're like, oh, God. So I, he's sitting there. He has his chair turned around facing me and the rest of the media. As if he was like, come talk to me. Like, come on. Let's go. Let's do it. I lost the game. I'm going to own up to it. And so, like, I walk up to him first. I'm like, Tommy, can we talk to you? He stands right up and he's like, yeah, you can. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And so I was just like, the best thing I can say in that situation is just something generic because you never want to put words in mouth in a situation yeah. like that. So I just go, Tommy, what was your vision when you got picked off at first? And I'm not going to cuss, but you'll know it. He goes, it's plain and simple. I effed up. He said it on, on live television. So it didn't air because we dumped out of it. But he goes, I effed up. I effed up and we effing lost the game because I effed up. Straight in the camera and said that. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> My producer, do not air this interview. Do not air this interview. It was honestly phenomenal. And I wish we could have aired it and just like bleeped it out. Yeah. <laughs> if a guy has something to say, let him say it. Like it's not my yeah. job to like not let him say it. So I just, I don't even think I got on that talk, but there you go. What's your follow-up question after something like that? Like any, like. I don't, I think actually right after he said that, Mark Topkin jumped in and Tommy didn't take kindly to the second question. He said, and it wasn't anything Topkins said, I don't think, but like he, Tommy goes, I think I said what I needed to say first answer. And we were like, he's not wrong. I would, I would say. No, but, but, but there is a follow-up question to like, okay, like, I know you messed up, but like, how did you miss that? Like, how were you so absent-minded that you were so far away from first base that you couldn't get back in time? Right? What was going through your head? Did you just have a brain fart? Um, did you think they weren't gonna, you know, try to pick off? What was it? But 
Tommy fan. That part of it. Some of his antics I don't miss all the time. And I tell him that to his face. Like, I don't care. I like him. But some of the stuff I'm like, all right, let's just calm down. <laughs> but yeah. Do, do, do you, um, do you like covering college sports better or pro sports better? Or is there much of a difference? Pro sports. Um, pro sports. College sports. Like I love college sports. I love college basketball. And like in the off season, I would totally do sideline for college basketball right i would Mm -hmm. totally do that if i like you know organized had the time and all this stuff but because i love i love that atmosphere i think in-game stuff sideline stuff for college basketball is super super fun but when it comes to like doing in-depth stories with players pros are so much better they're they're more confident in themselves they know how to speak to reporters better um they're more educated at that point i mean think about it when i was 18 years old threw a microphone in my face i'd be like oh like i wouldn't know what to say you know and i don't blame them so for me pro sports i i prefer that's hilarious because i i I forget year it was but our high school team won state for baseball one year and the star pitcher he ended up being drafted by the jays and he's one of their top prospects now but they they interviewed him and it was just like all time terrible interview. Like he had nothing to say and he went like yee yee at the end or something. Was just, we watched it in one of our classes we had with him and he was just like, oh no. <laughs> so good. And you can't like get that off the internet. Like that's yeah. there forever. And that's one of the things that I feel bad for athletes for. And honestly, it's myself too. If I say something stupid, that's on mm-hmm. Twitter and YouTube forever. There are things I wish I could delete, but like, it's like, do we really want to put, I don't know. I sometimes feel bad for students i'm like oh i feel bad that you have to be on camera for this but yeah i know well i did want to ask in regards to um so like going back to what you were talking about uh with with tommy fam or just in a situation where there's a walk-off or something like that i'm curious to ask how do you come up with these questions ahead of time when it comes to like a walk-off hit or just like a big play or something like that to be able to prepare for the guy like immediately after the game it's a scramble it's a scramble I mean and like it's not I wouldn't call myself like nervous when I'm about to do one of those interviews but your heart is racing your heart is absolutely racing and in that situation basically my best friend is my notebook in that situation when you see me doing sideline interviews you always see me holding my notebook right because no matter how good you are at your job, we are all human, right? And in a walk-off situation, I'm sitting with my pen. This is the mascara, but I'm sitting there with my pen and I'm like, I'm like, all right, Phillips, he's up, he's up now. In this game, he was 0 for 3 against this pitcher. He's had a little bit of success, blah, 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 right? So I just write those two things down. It doesn't hit the walk-off, cross it out, done with it leaves my brain. He does hit the walk off. I've already got the information that I need right there because like your brain has to move real fast in those situations. Yeah. And if you don't have it organized at least a little, it's not going to be good. But luckily with a walk off interview, it's so emotion based, right? So like Brett Phillips if he like hit a walk off or whatever, I've been called 900 times. If if he hits a walk off, first thing I'm asking him is like you know, it's a basic question to take me through your mentality, stepping up to what's going through your head. That's what we want to know. Right. And then we can go into like a game question, like, Hey, you know, you were over four against, 
uh, you were 0 for 4 all game and then you deliver in the biggest situation did you make an adjustment or about how, if he's faced that picture before and had best you know like let's say it's Garrett Cole or something and be like hey you've had success against Garrett Cole in the past how much did that help you in this situation right so you just you just like gotta write things down and remember it I guess I would say and don't forget to like in the moment too right fans don't want to hear all the technical stuff they want to hear in the moment so has your trusty notebook ever been destroyed by Gatorade absolutely G Man Choi absolutely destroyed my notebook. Um, and then the Brett Phillips walk off, too. My notebook got destroyed this past year when he hit that walk off and airplaned around the field. That got destroyed. But that's okay. I love it. I love it. I want more destroyed notebooks this year. There you go. I was, um, so I also wanted to ask because of the fact that you, you just started working for the Rays a few years ago, how did you, like, how did you end up? in St. Pete, what was the, what was your, um, I guess, like, what was your career timeline to get here? And then also like, how did the opportunity arise for you to find that, um, available position open to be able to cover the race? Yeah. So I found out about it just through word of mouth. Honestly, um, I was in local news for seven years. So I covered the Packers in green Bay for two years for the local ABC for four years. I worked the local Fox and CBS in Indianapolis covering Colts, Pacers, IndyCar racing, college basketball, college football, all that stuff. Um, and in my fourth year, I was out dinner with my friend. Her name is Taylor Panabom. And <laughs> she's one of my best friends to this day. She's from Florida actually. And she was like, Hey, I actually heard, my friend Michelle is, is leaving her job at the race. And I was like, Oh really? Like she got a new job. And she's like, yeah, check it out. And I was like, yeah, I should. Like I've always wanted this type of job. This is the type of job I always wanted. A lot of people are like, where are you going to go next? And I'm like, hold on. Time out. Stop <laughs> it. Like I, the, for the first time in my career, the grass is not greener. Like I like this job. Like I'm not looking to leave every day or something. You no. Know? And so I interviewed for it. It took a couple months of interviews and phone interviews and Skype interviews and audition and everything. And then they had to approve me and all this stuff. And um, then I got the job and I just love it. I love it. You're going to have to pry it from my cold dead hands. <laughs> How much did you know about the race before you took the job? Did you know not much? Not, much. <laughs> not even going to lie to you. Not a whole lot. I not surprised. Not many people do that on a regular <laughs> thing. So, not, but I learned quick. I mean, you obviously everybody knows about like the Devil Rays and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and like Evan Longoria and all that stuff. But um, no, didn't know a whole lot about the Rays. Um, but that's okay. Like you learn quickly. And like my job wasn't to be like a Rays historian. It was to get to the team. Yeah. Now. Obviously, I have to talk about things that happened in the past. Like whenever game, um, whenever the big Evan Longoria game comes around every year or whatever the end what was it like the 10 year anniversary during 2020 or something uh, last year last year it was last, last year. year yeah last year was last year you know you have to know about those things and now i do but then i didn't um so you just learn and that's okay as long as you're comfortable with learning and you can get to know the team now you're good and this might be a stupid question but for nationally televised games obviously the rays don't have a whole lot of them what do you, what does Fox sport, what does ballet sports do? Like, do you guys still go to the stadium that day? Like, do you, or what do you guys so, do for that? Even if the game, so, oh, okay. So this past year, it was Sunday. We were on Sunday night baseball mm -hmm. on ESPN. Um, I went to the game with my dad. <laughs> oh, I, nice. I loved it. It was so much fun. We had a blast. Um, 
And yeah, I go to the game. Like I'm a weirdo. Like a lot of uh, like some of my coworkers are like, why are you going to work on your day off? I'm like, hold on. I don't have to work. I get to sit in the stands and have a beer like a normal fan with my dad. Like, cause he wants to come too. Like, yeah. It sounds like um, a better version of the Disney college program. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like what? It sounds like a better version of the Disney college program. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Is that, is that not true? Instead of, you know, being worked to death. Just, uh, <laughs> I told you my Wi-Fi is terrible. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I still go to the game. I still watch the game. Even when I'm like, I get one home series off a month just so that we don't get burned out, you know, cause it is a long season. They give us one home series off a month. And honestly, most of the time I'm still, I've still got the game on. I'm probably not paying attention, you know, as much as I would, but I've got the game on or I've got the app open and I'm checking in. I'm never, I can't be out of the loop completely. Um, but you guys yeah, don't I'm cover honest. it all though. For the for no. not us. Yeah, okay. no, we don't gotcha. we don't i mean we'll talk about it the next day obviously if we mm-hmm. it the next day but we don't unless i mean in the season though we do post-game shows on valley you know in, in, when they were in boston we did post-game shows on it was like half an hour hour long post-game show gotcha. so um we still do that in post-season but not when it's regular season and it's a nationally televised game gotcha What's it like going back and forth between St. Pete and Indiana? Like, I've never seen snow, but just watching your Instagram stories, I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) You've never seen snow? No, I know. I was just talking about that. Yeah, we were talking about this before you joined us. They thought I was kidding. I'm from North Carolina. I've seen a lot of snow in my day, but. That's so funny. Um, You should like go to a road game or something where like there's probably going to be snow. Yeah, I went to New York in December, but it wasn't snowing. So I was like, well, shoot um yeah it's literally you know how they say florida like thins out your blood and you can't handle the cold anymore i thought that was total bs it's literally so true like i cannot i haven't been warm for five months like it's terrible (laughs) i can't but i love like i i teach here at the media at the indiana university media school and my parents are here and like for seven months out of the year i don't see them at all so I want to come home, you know, and see them and stuff like that. So I do direct flights every single day from Tampa to Indianapolis. It's only like two hours. It's not a big deal. So, and I, I was actually born in Florida um, and I have family over in West Palm. So I'm over there a lot. So honestly, they're like kind of both my home. I wanted to ask a little bit more about the, um, uh, about the stuff that you're doing at IU um, since I know that you're uh, a proud alum there and uh, now you're back teaching um, at the media school. Um, or is it media school? Is it journalism school? How do they media call school. it? Me- media school at IU? Okay. Uh, so how has that been like? How did you, like, did you, was that something where you reached out to them to see if you could become some sort of adjunct professor or was it something where they reached out to you? Yeah. So they reached out to me five years ago when I was in Indianapolis. Um, they wanted to start an adjunct instructor program, basically, where they had people who were actively in the industry teaching. Um, and so they asked me to do it and I was like, heck yeah, I'll do it. Like, I love teaching. I love students and I'm really passionate about it. I just like, I'm like a proud mom with my students. Like I'm so annoying on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know why people still follow me, but I'm like, look at my student. They're so amazing. But like, I can't help it because they just work so hard. Um, but yeah, so I teach it's, but when I took the raise job, I said to Bally, I was like, so you know, what do you guys want me to do in the off season? I'll do whatever you need. And they were like, why, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I was like, I was kind of hoping I could still teach 
in the second eight week part of the fall semester at IU. And they were like, okay, sure. And I was like, woohoo. So um, I teach, I, and I told IU, I was like, I can only do it if it starts after the World Series. And it starts after the World Series. So it's a second eight week course and it's twice a week for like three hours every day. Um, and it's just a blast. I love it. I made them do raise highlights um, this year when they were anchoring all the time. Yes. <laughs> so now we have a large group of IU students who know a whole lot about the Tampa Bay Rays. There we go. Hey, there's spreading, no baseball, there's no baseball the team there. So hopefully they just some Rays fans. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Seems like the two Big Ten, even though there is a giant rivalry between IU and Purdue, there seems to be some sort of a connection between that and the Rays now because uh, Kevin and Bri, I don't know if you got. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw uh, oh, yeah. men's basketball's Twitter. And I didn't like, like that. Shout out to Kevin Kiermaer. I was like, wait, wait, what the hell is going on? I didn't like that tweet. Sorry, that was sorry, Kevin. So, that was so strange. Thing, so. Wait, what did they say? I didn't see it. No, it was just like a photo of Kevin at um at like a recent game, and it was like shout out to Kevin, oh, and, and, was, they, okay. and they like tagged him. It was against Kevin Michigan, and I. so wasn't a big fan of that picture. I, I'm, I'm I grew up a Michigan fan, so oh, and yeah. that game. And that game he was at was this past Saturday against Michigan, where Purdue won. So I was like, <laughs> Kevin, I love you. Purdue's really good. So one of the first days on the job for me in March, I walk into the clubhouse and KK knew that I was an IU grad and we grew up in Wilmington. And he had his whole freaking locker decorated with Purdue gear. And he's like wearing his <laughs> sweatpants. And all of a sudden I hear him go, Trish, Trish. And I'm like, what? And I walk over, he's like, what do you think of my locker? And I'm like, you're a jerk. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Purdue was in the tournament. And of course, IU wasn't because they sucked back then. And not back then. It was not long ago. But I was just like, oh my word. And so we go back and forth and back and forth all the time about it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking about like alums and baseball players, does Ben Lau ever talk about Maryland? That, yeah. that you hear of? No. He does. Thank God. Yeah. especially when maybe especially when he plays in baltimore all the time he does too, yeah i've done this story a couple times about him and his wife one of their first dates was in at, at an orioles game and there's a really oh. sweet picture of them at the game and then they took a picture at camden yards like now that he's a professional and they put it side by side and it's pretty cool you know he talks about the terps all the time Thank and God. a whole like story about it too like a whole raise all access just about him at maryland because his wife madison was like mm. just a baller soft player mm -hmm. at, yeah. at maryland too so like his story of meeting madison is really funny because brandon's a little bit shy a little bit and he at first like didn't talk to Madison. He didn't know that Madison like liked her. He tells the story way better and he told it on camera. And he was like, yeah, I didn't talk to her at first, but then my friends were all like, man, she likes you, like just ask her out. And so he did and now it's history. But, yeah, it they met at Maryland. So it's a really, it, it holds a special place in their heart. Yeah, I, I, I love the connection there. It's it's so convenient that it just so happens to be that I'm a race fan and, and uh, Bila went to Maryland. It's just. Yeah, the perfect, just a perfect, perfect combination. I have my mics in, you know, so I'm all yes, set. Yes, you do. And he's yes. back. Yes. He's back. Okay. I Mike Zunino is man. good. He's, <laughs> he is uh, he's, so good. He's a good player. I love him so is much. Is he really? Probably, actually. He's great. He probably is. <laughs> he's, such a, he's such a family man, too. Like, 
um, his wife on Instagram posting about their kids and it just melts your heart. Like he's such a good guy. And him at the all-star game too with his family, like the pictures they took. So cute. Oh, it's just the best. We did did an interview with him when they clinched, no, when they won the AL East and he was holding his son in the interview and his son's like grabbing the mic and like saying, daddy, daddy, what are you saying? Why are you talking? What are you saying? It was so cute. So, so cute. Another question, like, so with the Rays, like, obviously they let they trade a lot. So how how do you have to deal with kind of like developing these relationships with the players, knowing that they might be gone in like the next day, uh, especially if it's before the trade deadline? Like, I know that's kind of a sad question, I guess. No, but no, no. How do you how do you go about developing those relationships when you know they might be here the next series? It's a good question because it happens all the time. It sucks because like. In baseball, you like are like you get to know everybody. Like I know a lot of their grandparents, their aunts, their cousins, their best friends. Like Tyler Glasnow's family, one of my favorite families on planet Earth. His parents, I, I call them like my road parents. Like whenever I'm on the road, they're always there, and and it's just like they're the best. And you know, it, you do you do like get attached and and you try not to get too attached because it is you know your job to you know report on the players but um you still have to form those relationships and like at the end of the day like it's not just about forming a relationship to like you know have a good working relationship it's forming relationships because you're a human being and the day that i forget that is the day i want to get out of the street like i don't i i'm a such a people person i love people i love friendships i want to be friends with everybody and for me, it kind of just comes naturally. Like, I don't care if, you know, I'm never going to need something from that person. Like, that doesn't matter to me. Um, you're a part of my life because I see you every day and you're a part of the raise. And so you just, you form those relationships. And when they leave, it's sad. Like when Willie Adams got traded. Yeah, I was going to bring, I was going to bring him up. I felt like he was pretty, <sighs> I mean, his personality was great for TV, especially. So I was going to mention I, him. Grown men were crying. Like, and yeah. we all, I mean, it was so... It, it, it spoke volumes and I hate, like, I will not give you team talk. I will not give you team talk. I will not say something I don't mean. Willie Adamas is one of the best people I've ever covered in, in sports. And he treats everybody the same way. Before every game, he would come up to, you know, he'd go down the line and shake Kevin Cash's hand and all the coaches and stuff, but he wouldn't stay there. He'd get to the camera well where I sit and he'd go up to the security guard that was in the camera well every single game and shake his hand and say let's get him today man he'd go up to the cop who stands there and guards them all day all all game and say that i mean and it and that wasn't for show like he was that's who he was and is yeah you know and it's that's when it hurts the most is when you lose such a good person Mm -hmm. um and he was such and joey wendell oh my god i'm like in mourning still because he was just i always say like if jesus played baseball you know it would be joey wendell uh and and he's just the best he's the nicest guy he's the toughest guy his wife is just the greatest i love her and his kids are so cute and it's just you do get attached i get attached easily though so i'm probably the worst person to ask about that but yeah charlie morton too was one that i was like man he's such a nice guy and i want him to influence all of them but uh. yeah 100 hard I wanted to ask, what are some of the, what would you say uh, from the stadiums and places that, that you've been able to cover games at, uh, which ones stand out to you as the, uh, I guess, from from a reporter's perspective, uh, the best places to report on a game? 
Um, so I really like San Diego. We don't go there often. We only went there in 2019 and, and that was the first time they'd been there in like forever. Was it the first time? I don't remember, but, um, like forever, they hadn't been there forever. And, um, it's an awesome stadium. It's beautiful. Like it's state of the art, everything. So in so terms nice. of like, state of, in terms of like new era stadiums and stuff like that, San Diego, but in terms of like historic nostalgic stadiums and i'm not saying Rays fans just if you're listening i'm not saying that i'm a red sox fan but and was the best is cool it's it's a cool place to play and, i mean know, i mean the uh, the walls and dimensions of the stadium aren't necessarily the best but no but but it's <laughs> but it's a cool place to play the history of of everything the atmosphere the monster when you're looking out and you see the green monster it's just cool and the guys all go, the rookies all go in and they sign the green monster. And it's just, it's, it's cool. It, it brings you back to like. Did you get to sign it? Mm, I did. Oh, <laughs> sure that's cool. That's so cool. Later, but yeah, I did. That's really cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was cool walking in there because you're like, we walked in, it was like uh, before a day game, I think. And like the sun was shining in through the score, like the holes where you put the score, the numbers. And like, you could see all the dust like settling and like rising. It was like a movie. And I'm like, wow, I wonder how long this dust has been in here. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. You know? So my, yeah. my, my older brother is also a race fan and he lives in Southie in Boston. And I go up there like once a year to go to, go to like two or three games if there's a three game set there. And yeah, Fenway, I don't know if it's like the nostalgic aspect or like the good memories I've had there, but it's, that stadium's awesome. I love it. Camden Yards is still nicer. It's just, they kind of ruined it by changing the uh, dimensions. Camden Yards is cool. I, I like Camden Yards a lot. Camden Yards is not, yeah. Who, yeah. wait, can we discuss this? Because I don't think we've discussed this yet. The fact that Camden Yards decided to change the dimensions in left field. I don't like it personally. I didn't, I didn't um, even hear about that. I didn't even hear about that either. Yeah. They're moving, yeah. they're moving the left field fence back. Mm-hmm. Really? It's like it's going from like it's going from I think it was like the 28th deepest part. There, there were like certain they 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 talked about like different parts of the left field area being like I, I guess being extended and how far they were. One was going from like the 28th deepest to the deepest. So they so they really went hard when it came to trying to change it. It looks really it was, strange. It was the 28th deepest. It, I think it was like straightaway left field was like the 28th deepest left straightaway left field in baseball. Yeah. And then they changed it from the 28th really? deepest to the deepest. <laughs> they well, just went, they, they went hard. It I didn't missed look... that happening. When did that happen? How did I miss that happening? I they've been, like they've been working on it. They said that. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, oh, they, yeah, they they've already, yeah, they've already put out like renderings and things and they're already working on it right yeah. now. It's just, oh, okay. it, it looks weird because they're not pushing the bullpen back. So it's just like they're pushing the wall back and then there's like a weird cut in part. The bullpen just like... Yeah, it's going to like shut out like a corner. It's yeah, it kind of looks like a PNC. I think that PNC has a similar vibe to where the um the bullpen kind of juts out from where the left field wall is. But it just, it's going to look real awkward. That sounds awkward. Yeah. Yeah, but I looked... I they, I <laughs> someone did a diagram about John Means, his the home runs he gave up. And I think it would have like... He would have given up like 10 less home runs, 10 fewer home runs with the way the fence is now. Hey, wait, so, hey, I mean, wait, what about Paul Fry? How, how uh, where's listen? Where's I hate him? Paul Fry slander. <laughs> you know, I love Paul Fry and I want I know, him but it's yeah, just so bad because so the Rays were the all, only all, team that he had well, trouble with Rays, last year. All race fans, I mean, he's my favorite player. He was so bad against us. <laughs> okay. I love him. But see, that's the thing. He's actually a good. Awesome. He was just terrible against us. Hey, which is weird. I, 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 like the so bad. With, with the uh, with the Mariners. 
Yeah, yeah I don't exactly. I don't care what he I don't care what he does against other teams as long as he gives us runs, I'll take it. And listen, if he if he was on the race, his only weakness would be eliminated. So like, I'm just saying, if I were Eric Neander, I'm getting Paul Fry. Eric, if you can't beat him, name. join him. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Where would rather be with the race? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, are there um, of the stadiums that you well? A, how many stadiums haven't you been to yet? Haven't been to PNC Park. Haven't been to um, the Diamondbacks Stadium. Haven't been to the Mets. The Mets Stadium. Have the Rays been to Chicago? They're going to Chicago this year. The last okay. one was. But I've been to regular. I think. Grew up a Cubs fan. Oh. But, uh, yeah, it's White Sox and then Cubs in the same week. It's going to be awesome. Well, that's fun. That's cool. Yeah. So really, there's only a, only about, actually, I didn't even realize that. There's only about three or four I haven't been to. Atlanta, I haven't been to Brave Stadium. Brave Stadium's nice. Yeah, I heard it's I, nice. Yeah, too. the, um, the, well, A, it's in an unincorporated town or like city. Mm-hmm. So it's like when, when they say it's in Cobb County, they literally mean it's in Cobb County because it's not in an actual city. Right. Um, right. But the, Ooh, uh, but, it's yeah. uptown Atlanta. It's not even Atlanta, right? Uh, it's uptown, well, they, right? yeah, it's in it's in Cumberland, Georgia, but Cumberland's not considered its own uh, like independent city, according to what I read online. But yeah, no, the uh, like the way that they like did the area around it, really, really nice. Like I know that they did the same thing, or they've done the same thing in St. Louis. They did it in uh, Texas, outside of the new Ranger Stadium. Uh, like like that area is really nice. They did they did a really good job with it. It's just awkward and out of the way. What are you going to do? And PNC is beautiful. I want hundred percent. PNC is um, it's most picturesque ballpark in baseball. With, with, yeah. Without a doubt, the uh, the views of the pits, uh, of the uh, Pittsburgh skyline, unbeatable. It's so nice. I've covered uh, the Colts at Steelers, which was really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Heinz yeah, Field. Really cool. Yeah, that's that's. How, how much access do you have to the front office? Do you are you do you have much or? I mean, if I need to interview them, I'll do an interview with you them. You can. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So, I mean, Eric Neander's awesome. He's, he's great. Like the front office is really great. Um, they've been super good to me and, um, they're very willing to do interviews and about however they can. So yeah, the access is, is awesome. And they're also like geniuses. So it makes every interview really, really informative. And I feel like, I feel like an idiot interviewing them. I'm not even gonna lie. (laughs) I'm like, I must sound so stupid to you because you guys are so damn smart and i'm just like how did you how did you do this how did you know how did you figure this out they're just like wow you don't know anything and i'm like well i don't know what you know so <laughs> that's hilarious did you get a chance to talk oh, with, um, or um how well do you know uh bendix or uh, like like how much have you gotten to talk he's great uh, talk yeah, yeah yeah i don't think i've ever done an interview with him just because he hasn't really been in a position that does interviews you know but he's mm-hmm. awesome yeah i've talked to him a bunch um really cool guy he's a really funny guy too every time i'm excited every i'm excited time I talk to him, it makes me laugh like he always cracks some joke but i'm like that's hilarious hey, wait does he um, talk about that one photo that, that was taken of him in the, in the world series oh where God. he's got like an afro <laughs> type thing and like it's like of him like leaning over the dugout uh, i forget who was talking talking about yeah, talking Topkin said something about that. Oh, Topkin was what we talked about. Yeah, it was like a funny photo of him just like leaning over the dugout in Texas during oh, during the uh, World or, or like before the World Series. So I don't know so. if he talks about or I, don't, I mean that's kind I of. I haven't talked to him about that. No, but now I have to bring up my interview. Yeah, on topics. yeah. yeah. On my topic. <laughs> uh, so I did um, knowing that the lockout still 
going on. Hopefully it will get resolved sooner rather than later. Uh, and knowing that spring training is definitely going to get postponed in some sort oh, of way. Oh, Alex, the Wi-Fi. Oh my God, the Wi-Fi is just a pain. It's okay, it's I'm better now. So close. With everything going on with the season, it, when it actually starts, what are what are your hopes and expectations for this team after what happened last year? Expectation would be go further than the ALDS. Um, that would be my expectation, plain and simple. I, I don't, it would be really different. I mean, the cool part about what happened last season, it's like, I don't really know how I could possibly have a higher expectation for the regular season. Um, it was yeah. unbelievable. So let's just do that again. Um, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, I've got high expectations for them. I really do. And for guys like Shane McClanahan and Shane as Wander, I've got very high expectations for him. I'd like to see Randy have a more consistent season um, this upcoming year. Um, obviously, you know, he won rookie of the year, which was amazing, but he did have some points during 2021. What year is it? Um, that, he, um, that, you know, it wasn't his consistency. wasn't quite there. So I'd like to see that. Um, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I, and I'm also excited to see some of the younger guys when they get a shot, you know, guys like Walls and Brujan and Josh Lowe. He made his debut last year, but it almost like didn't really count because it was so short. Good debut. It was a good debut, but, um, but I'd like to see what he can do uh, with the prolonged presence of them. Um, I have high expectations. Definitely ALDS. I would like to see them at least go to the ALCS. Obviously, I want to see them win the World Series. But the expectation is absolutely to just, you know, build on what they did last year, but also kind of get back to that expectation they had after 2020. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they were capable of far more. You know, and that's the thing that stings a little bit about that early exit was like, everybody's like, they're amazing. Like, they're so damn good. And then they make an early exit, which happens. It happens. But that's, you know, and and that was disappointing. And so my expectation would be to go past the ALDS, ALCS, and then give me the World Series too, I'll take it. Yeah, and that's interesting too, because that was kind of, I mentioned it before, but that was kind of like the first time they've been in a position where they've been disappointed because in 2019 they were really good obviously but they were kind of going up against the Astros and they did well in that series so they were like okay we can like hang our hats on that a little bit and then obviously you're not going to be super upset about losing the Dodgers in the World Series obviously it's disappointing but like you know it is what it is this time like it was very clear that they had more to give so I'm kind of interested to see how they respond after being in that position for the first time ever really well, and such and, a good point. I never really thought about it like that. That was the first time in like three years that they did not um, meet expectations, and that it was just so. It was their first time dealing with it, which is amazing to say. And I mean, I think the way they lost those last two games in Boston definitely affect that too. I mean, we back to back walk offs with a brutal bounce in Game Three. Um, oh, oh, never forget that throw, one. Man. But I was going to ask you, like, was there? Obviously, 2019 and 2021 ended in similar fashion. Um, we made it further by a game in 2019. But was there a similar or was there a different feel in the dugout, like on one of those years? Like, was 2021 more disappointed or or like like what Bree said, was it more of a moral victory in 2019 that we went five games with the Astros or... Yeah. So in 2019, I, unfortunately, I wasn't there in 2020. So like, I don't know what it felt like. I mean, I was there, but I wasn't with the team. Mm -hmm. um, 2019, it was, I remember when they lost in Houston, it was more of like, a, we're really proud of what we've built. And we're yeah. really proud of what we did. And we're really proud of what we can do in the future. In 2021, it was, it was a shock to all of them. 
And that's a problem to have, you know? There's nothing to be ashamed of that you're shocked, right? They were shocked. That dugout, I stood right next to the dugout when the game ended and watched them. And it was just shock. And it was major disappointment you know, on their faces, which it should be. It should, you should, they, I like that, that that's what they felt because that means they had such high expectations of themselves. And that means that this season, you better watch out. Like those guys are still upset about that. And, and you, sh- and you know, hopefully that's what fuels them, but it was, it was, it was sad. I mean, it was, there, there was a lot of grief sounds like a strong word, but like, there was just a lot of grief, like, and shock. I mean, nobody thought they were going to lose in the ALDS. They, they just didn't. And it's not that they were underestimating the Red Sox at all, not at all, but they, had so much confidence in themselves and they had every reason. And I mean, I think the way they lost, I mean, obviously the bounce happened, but the way they lost both games and the fact that they came back from multiple runs in both those games, they looked, they looked horrible. Like don't get me wrong for the first six innings of both of those games, they couldn't do anything. I think Meadows had a two run home run the first inning in game three. And that was literally about it for the first seven innings. And the same thing in game four is that they didn't score a run until maybe the fifth or sixth inning. And they were down 5-0. And it was, I think that's, that definitely hurts even more is because they were down 5-0. They came all the way back. Um, Wander was incredible in that game. And then, unfortunately, we couldn't get the, especially after Kevin threw out, I don't know who he threw out at third base. Um, I remember watching him. He threw out somebody at that third base for the third out. And I was like, okay, there's no way we're losing this game. And then. And you're thinking October Randy, right? Yeah, exactly. And then just couldn't get anything going. And it was just unfortunate. I think we were still the better team than the Red Sox, but Kike became the best hitter of all time in that series too. So, and Hunter Renfro was just a yeah. Is he how is, how is he as a person like is he approachable? Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's that's what makes it more annoying. <laughs> Very Evan, he's annoying. A re- Evan, somebody... he's a really nice guy. Yeah, it's so annoying. He's a really nice guy. I want to really dislike them when they dismantle. <laughs> You know, a team in one season. I really want to don't. I don't want to like you, but he's really cool. And his there is, yeah. there is, there is truly such thing as as uh, southern hospitality, and um, you can you can feel it when you talk with him. I uh, I in, I luckily got to interview him because I was doing a um, it was uh, the 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 college summer ball team that he was on for a few years is like just outside of UMD. So I interviewed him for one of the articles there. And he's just, he was talking about, cause he was with a host mom for a few years and he was saying, just singing her praises about just how great she was when he was there. And you and, and like, and like, you can tell from something like that, that he's just, just a really, really wholesome, nice guy. Very just, nice. just right. yeah. Just talk about something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just really annoying what happened afterwards and what he, and what happened with the race. <laughs> so it's so annoying. I only have one more question. I don't know if you guys have any more after mine, but uh, Trisha, what would you say are some of your favorite moments so far um, while you've been with the race? Uh, clinching in 2019 in Toronto, <clears throat> winning the wild card in Oakland, Brasso game against the Yankees and Aroldis Chapman, the Rosarena against the Astros, um, also the Brasso game when he went out and hit two home runs after they nearly killed him. Um, <clears throat> 2021 uh what was the game in boston was it in boston when they were down or was it was that like the uh the 13 12 game or whatever like that on labor day on labor day yeah that game was meadows Meadows at the inside the park home run yes inside the park home run um frankie did something cruz hit a single in the frankie uh, the 
the Frankie Mejia was when they were they were tied in the top of the ninth, and he had the base and Renfro boot. He like messed up on the. Uh, yep. He, I was at that game. I was at. That. Yeah, cool. that was awesome. And then I went to the next game where we lost twenty to nine. But whatever. <laughs> I also remember the Grand Slam against the Blue Jays. Remember that? Yes, yeah. that was one of my favorites. Um, and then um, I know that we lost this game. We I don't play. I know they lost this game, um, but Franco's um, debut, like yeah. the three-run home run, I'll never forget that. It was, yeah. it was just like, it was like, you know, the savior of baseball had gotten to the stadium and he hits a three-run home run and the place just like absolutely explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. And it was awesome just because you're like, this dude, he's the future, you know? Uh, a Rosarena's inside the park home run, or inside the park home run. A Rosarena when he stole home, game one against the Red Sox. That atmosphere, I'll never ever. I mean, obviously, we know what happened after, but regardless, when he stole home, I literally thought that the drop was going to crumble because it was so loud. Awesome. What about what about uh, Luplo's grand slam? How did you feel about after that oh happened? <laughs> it was awesome. I would just uh, wish that you know could have won. I wish I it meant something because I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, this is it. They've won the game. Yeah. Of all people, Jordan Luplo, like, would never have guessed that he would be the hero. And then, you know, he wasn't. But he that tried was his best. <laughs> how? I also have one last question. But how was like? This is on a sadder note. How was the clubhouse? Um, obviously, it didn't really matter because we went on to win 100 games. But that series in Chicago, when Glass now um, tore partially tore his UCL and then the Rays went on I think a seven game losing streak how did how, uh, I, off three times yeah. in Seattle freaking yeah. Seattle how, how like, uh, did, did that glass down injury affect that seven game losing streak do you think or oh there was a curse okay there was a curse hanging over the team for seven games was, I believe in curses this was a curse that was the I most mean, frustrating it, series I've ever horrible. watched I think I host the pre and post game show and i was like they're never gonna allow me to host never going to be allowed to host the pre and post game show again because we lost seven games in a row and three walk-offs the mariners and and i wasn't there because we still weren't allowed to travel in 2021 um but that was that i've never experienced something like that it was almost ominous but it was almost like okay this isn't normal so we're gonna be okay you know what i mean you were like yeah. This isn't normal. There's some sort of ominous thing hanging over this team right now after Glass got hurt. It's going to be okay. <laughs> you know? There was a feeling, though, that it was like, I feel like the Rays have been up like 9-0 to zero in one of those games in Seattle, and I still have been like, they're going to lose this game. Like, I don't know what it was about it. There then, was that really weird feeling that no matter we, what they did, they were going to lose. Oh, right. Totally. Because the Mariners have our number for whatever reason. Didn't the Mariners come to the drop and we still only won like one out of three or something? Yeah, yeah. I think so. It's crazy. We crazy. never play well in Seattle, though. That's something that I mean. I don't know what Hardly. it is about for Seattle. I swear, we always lose. We always lose a series there. But, but. It's, and we 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 talked about that on the pre and post game show for that series. And the most bizarre thing is we're putting up this graphic, and I'm like, how do you explain this? They're totally different teams for the last ten years. There's not a single person who's you know it, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like a curse or something. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe the time. I don't know. Time difference hurts. Maybe I don't know. But we do yeah, well. We did fine in like we, do, we do well in like Anaheim and stuff. But Seattle. Do you remember what else happened in Seattle in 2019? The final game of the series. What was uh, it? Uh, Yarbrough. Oh, 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 oh that game. Yeah. Oh man. Ninth inning. 
<laughs> one out left, hey, right? They won that game, though. They won. Uh, yeah, I think they did. They won. Yeah, they pulled him, but they, they pulled him, and it felt like we lost because yeah. the players were so upset. <laughs> and they and Cash pulled him with one out left or something. One yeah, out, right? I think, so. I think it was one out. And it, it would have had a complete game. Of course, he ended up getting his complete game, you know, in 2021. But like, finally, in the stadium too, which couldn't have been better. But that was one I'll remember too. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Freaking Brett Gardner went yard in that game somehow, but whatever. <laughs> Brett Gardner is the most infuriating player on the Yankees. I, I, don't even I care. can't stand that guy. I don't even care. Like, like no, I'm fine with nice Judge. Judge. Judge is good. Stanton's good. But like when you look Chapman, at Brett Gardner, Chapman's up there. <laughs> oh, okay, well, like Chapman's up there for things that he did off the field, not Go- and on Go- the field though. He tried to kill Bros, but Gardner's another uh, nice. Also true. <laughs> I probably violent things in his repertoire. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Some guys like that are infuriating. It's just how it is. It's just how baseball is. You can't can't describe it. It's just annoyances. <laughs> but it is okay. what it is. One question from me, and then I'm good. Bree's good. I'm not Last the journalism question. student here, but these two are. So, do you have any teacherly wisdom uh, for them? Thank you. I missed the thank first you part of that. that. What did you say? Uh, I'm not. I was never a journalism student, but these two were. So, do you have any teacherly wisdom for them? Oh, oh, they were. Okay, I didn't know that. Still well, I wasn't. I still. I, still I, am, so. I was not a journalism student. I was a communication student. Um, but I did. I did a lot of stuff in college, like with the Pacers, all sorts of stuff. So, um, I mean, I don't like. Going to school for journalism is awesome, but it doesn't mean you can't do this. Um, like Alana Rizzo, the Dodgers, she and she didn't know she wanted to like do this until like she was like much later in her career, and she just decided to learn, and she did, and now she's like the best to ever do it. So my advice to you would be to do things like this, like do interviews, and like you know when you're asking questions, just you know ask them, be confident in asking them, because like I follow you on Twitter, and you have some really great tweets. You're hilarious. <laughs> And it's clear you like no baseball. So I would say just be confident in that. And I think you're, I think you're doing great. Yeah. Is that it? Are we, are we all good with the questions? All right. Well, with that being said, uh, Trisha, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Um, we do want to make sure that because we do this with every guest, we want to make sure that, that you have the ability to plug all of your socials and all of that stuff so that people can, can follow you, especially now with all the all season stuff going on. Um, so where can people follow you at on social media? Twitter and Instagram. It's just at Trisha Whitaker. Nothing fancy. All right. Well, Trisha, again, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And for everyone listening, uh, this pretty much wraps up this latest episode of Raise Roof. Thank you guys so much for all the support that you guys have given us. Again, we're sorry about the, about the slight delay with everything, but we really appreciate it. Um, if you guys want to follow uh, all that we're doing, Raise Roof TV on social media, RaiseRoofTV.com. We need to get our – we're going to get our website fixed, so don't worry about that for the time being. Um, we have our Twitch back up, Raise Roof Twitch, so follow that. Uh, and then all of our podcasts continue to follow them as you guys have been doing. Um, so with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always – Raise up. Raise up.